When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, I'm Megan. And I'm Sierra. Welcome back to According to Episode 3. Today we decided to do an advice episode, so we asked you guys to send us some of the situations that you're in. This is a pretty open-ended advice episode. We didn't just stick to a certain topic. If you guys did send anything into our Instagram, thank you so much. All of this is going to be anonymous. Definitely follow our Instagram. It's in the description of this. It's also just at According to. So if you ever want to know what we're doing for future episodes or get involved, then definitely go follow us because then you'll know exactly what's going on. So we're going to first start off with our weekly spotlight like we always do. Three episodes in. (laughs) So my weekly spotlight is the Jonas Brothers Chasing Happiness documentary. Um, Megan and I watched that. It's on Prime Video. If you aren't aware what it is, basically, uh, since the Jonas Brothers are doing their whole comeback, they have their new album that's coming out in a couple of days. Um, they said they felt like they needed to address their past in order to, you know, move forward into the future, and I heard a lot of good things about it, so I decided to watch it, and I thought it was very good, and I was very pleasantly surprised. Not that I was expecting anything to be bad. I was just, like, it was very, it, like, let you in on their life that, you know, to the outsider looking in, they wouldn't have imagined all the stuff that happened. Yeah, Sierra started watching that before, like, she was watching it before I was, and then I, like, kind of just peeked over and, like, watched the rest of it with her, and I agree, it was a really good documentary, I think it was really well done, and it just kind of was weird to think back to, like, me in 2008, like, I was watching Jonas the show, I was watching, like, their music videos, and at that point in the documentary, they were still just talking about how they were, like, just now making it, and it's, like, they're still, like, normal people that were, like, just feeling like, oh my gosh, we're actually getting somewhere now, Mm -hmm. where from our perspective, it was, like, they're the Jonas Brothers, like, they're they're famous. famous, and... Like, that's not where, that's not what their life was. It was, like, they were normal people, and then all of a sudden they blew up, and then it just goes through, like, their failures, how they grew as a band, and then growing apart, and then the band ending, and for me, it was weirdly similar-ish to just, like, Musier and Maggie on YouTube, (laughs) and I was kind of like, it's not that similar, but at the same time, it was like, there's three of them, there's, like, three different personalities, like, that you have to consider, I guess. And especially with, like, they literally grew up with the band and doing that. And then I'm, like, with our YouTube channel, like, we literally grew up doing that. And it's just been, like, a balance between trying to figure out how to make it work. And I don't know, in a weird way, I was, like, kind of inspired. Not like, oh, I had an epiphany and now, like, I know exactly, like, what to do. But it was just, like, inspiring to know that they focused on their relationships between themselves as brothers first. And so, I mean, especially with Misio and Maggie being family, Like, that's, like, probably the priority. It's not probably. It needs to be the priority (laughs) over our channel. And just also that, I don't know, like, the Jonas Brothers is, like, they're having such good success now that it's, like, I don't know exactly. It's good to see that they can make a comeback that is, uh, essentially, potentially more successful than where they were. Because I remember in the the documentary, it talked about how Nick felt like he was a has-been at, like, the age of 21. And And it's just, like, he's totally Like, I remember thinking like that was never the case you know I was like oh they're just kind of like he was gone for a while but 
then it was like, oh, he started making more music. And I was like, okay, he's back, you know? And not to say, I'm definitely not trying to say it as like, okay, so now Misio and Maggie are going to just blossom and blow up again. <laughs> um, it was more so just like, it was inspiring me to hear, it was inspiring to me to hear their story and give me hope again and just say that with hard work and also knowing that the more passion that we put into our videos and like really toning, like tuning into what we want to do, I was like, that's probably going to lead to more success in the future, but I don't know. I just thought it was a good documentary. That's not my weekly spotlight, but I just thought I'd also share that I really liked it. My weekly spotlight is actually kind of like a little thing. So I listened to another podcast called Gals on the Go, and they had like a promo thing for this app called Drop. Um, basically, I ended up getting like a $10 Starbucks gift card, and that was just a little thing that made my day because then I got Starbucks this morning, and I didn't have to pay for it. So I was a fan, and that's my weekly spotlight. All right, now it's time to get into our first piece of advice. Real quick before we get started, I do want to mention that this is all just our opinion as far as what we're sharing in terms of our advice. Um, Some of these topics are going to be light and like no big deal. Some of them may be a little bit deeper. Again, we may or may not have had experience that will help with the advice that we give. It's also just like we'll we'll just go with it and see what happens. So the very first one is what do you do when a guy you like asks you to go on a or a guy you don't like asks you to go on a date. At first, I was like, well, what's the problem? <laughs> what's the problem? What's like, the problem? I don't like go on the date. Um, I will say, I think it depends on if it's in person or not in person. Also, I want to preface this with, like, this hasn't necessarily happened to me. Like, I've gotten a couple DMs from people I'm like, maybe I've heard of their name or whatever. I Like, someone I know knows them. And they'll, like, DM, reach out to me, be like, hey, add me on Snap. Or, like, but it's never been like... That- is that if you don't follow them, then, like, you can decline the DM and they don't know that you ever saw it. So that's, like, the closest thing that I can, like, get to that. It's not like I've ever actually been, like, just randomly asked on a date by, like, this guy that was just, like, not... And if it was in person, like, that'd be hard. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out... I definitely am, like, don't... I'm gonna figure out how to, like, the best way to go about the scenario, but definitely don't agree to go on mm-hmm. a date if or you don't want to. don't give false hope that you will yeah. go on a date with them eventually because it might, like help for the time being but then they're just going to keep asking you like oh are you like not busy next week like don't just push it off because then you're like wasting their time and it's just kind of rude like bottom line whatever happens you have to make sure that they know that you're not interested and also that you don't you're you're not planning on going on the date because if you just like do the false hope thing or you try to be nice and say I'll go on like one date just to like because they asked and I don't want to be rude I just would not recommend that even if it's awkward for, like, five seconds or however long you talk to them, I think it's better to do that than to make something happen when there's nothing there. So let's talk about some different scenarios. Let's say they ask in person. One, I think it depends on, like, how direct they're asking. Like, are they literally going up to you being like, hey, do you want to go on a date sometimes? Because I think that there's weight in the word date. Yeah, or if it's like, hey, do you want to hang out sometime? Yeah, or, which sometimes people just use that word anyways, like, when they yeah. mean date. So that's kind of, like, harder to gauge, I guess. Or you could always, if you're not sure if it's, like, a date or if they're, like, maybe, like, more so wanting to do it with friends, if you're, if you maybe have, like, acquaintances together, you could be, like, oh, like, with a group or, like, just narrow it down to be, like, if it's one-on-one, it's probably, like, more so a date. Yeah. Like, it definitely is more so a date. (laughs) And I wouldn't want to put myself in that situation with someone that I, like, wasn't interested in or, like, did not want to go on a date with. If you're, what about if they're, like, you're friends with them? Like, what if they're, like, friends zone to you? And you're like, I like you as a person. Like, I'd love to hang out with you. We could even hang out one-on-one. But I don't... 
That's interesting. I feel like you have to be honest at that point and say, look, I appreciate our friendship so much, but I just don't see you in that sort of way. Like, you're going to have to friend zone them if you haven't already. <laughs> I mean, if you do that, though, like, and you're already friends, I feel like they they're understanding of that also. And they're like, I understand. Like, I also under- like don't want to change our friendship just to try something if it doesn't work. But, like, yeah. So... What other scenarios are there for like Snapchat or texting? I would say mm. I just say if it's Snapchat, you don't owe anyone literally anything. I don't know. I just yeah. like if someone asks for your or here's the thing. So let's say like I was saying, I get a couple DMs every once in a while. It's not like it happens all the time, but it's like, hey, add me on Snap or whatever. I'm just like, no. Yeah, I usually and like the th- they can't I don't say anything. I just decline. The yeah, DMs. they don't see it, so that also helps. Um, Sierra found out a way where you can view messages Mm -hmm. (laughs) if the person follows you. So you get, like, the notification, but if you don't want them to know you saw it, but you want to look at the text or the DM, Sierra can run through how to do that. It's kind of like get something to write down what she's going to say. I had to do this recently because I wanted to read a DM that someone sent because I already followed them, so that's how the DM just popped up. But I didn't want them to know that I read it because Instagram, for some reason, automatically sends red receipts instead of letting you, like, turn them off. So... You have to, on the app, go on airplane mode, and then you can go and look at the message. And then you swipe out of the messages, go to your profile, log out of your profile, close out of Instagram, and then go off airplane mode, and then you should be totally fine. And, like, if you go back to Instagram, the message will still say that hasn't been read. I did test this out with, like, I have, like, a couple different Instagrams, so (laughs) I tested it out for you. And then, so it just shows up, and then did you just delete it because... Yeah. Okay. So that's that if you need to know how to do that. Um, Obviously, it doesn't, like, solve for the fact that if they, if, if you both follow each other, they know that it's going to show up, but you're just like, I didn't read it. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just takes that kind of out of it. But other than that, I feel like my main advice would be try to let them down easy. Try not to... Be nice about it. Be nice about it. Like, definitely don't... Like, being rude doesn't solve because anything here. what's unfortunate, and this is just, like, the way that life goes, is that if someone's interested in you and, like... You might just literally not be interested interested in them for absolutely no reason. It's not like you think that they're unattractive or that they're a rude person or you don't think they're nice. They're, you're just like, I'm just not really interested. attracted to you or interested. And also, so, you have just, to understand, like, they're just shooting their shot. I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, that's literally how people start me, dating, yeah. how you make new friends. Like, that is the core of how you even go about doing that. So definitely just be nice about it let them down easy and then like the sooner you turn them down the sooner they can move on to someone else exactly it's the so, best situation for everyone that's what we would recommend all right so our next one says i'm moving across the state for my senior year of high school i tend to be pretty shy unless with people i'm comf- comfortable around but i want to be a lot more outgoing when i move any advice on making new friends and being involved in school so i will say that i'll probably say all this stuff and then have I been, had I been put in this situation, I don't know if I can say I would have done these things. It's definitely challenging to know and be aware of, like, being introverted or knowing that you're more shy than other people, but also knowing that, like, the only way you can not necessarily move past that, because I feel like that kind of is just, like, a personality trait that, like, And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, and I always, like, when people tell me I'm shy... It's like, they're not wrong, but I'm also like, okay, thanks for, like, telling me that. I'm shy. Like, thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, you don't really associate that as being it's a not, good trait. Yeah. No one ever says it. I mean, like, oh, like, you're shy. Good for you. Like, like when people say someone's outgoing, that's huge. Like, that's a good thing. That's a positive trait. Nine times out of ten. Yeah. But when someone says someone's shy, 
it isn't necessarily a bad thing. I'm also just saying that when people today say that about me, I don't necessarily feel like that's a compliment. Yeah, I'm like, okay, like, thanks. Okay, thank you. But, okay, I've thought about this because we have moved schools in the past. Granted, we were in fifth grade. But so. we were able to make new friends. Yeah. I guess here's the thing, and I don't, this is probably more of a personal thing, but it's like, I can make new friends and acquaintances, but at the same time, like, and this is different because me and Sierra are twins, and so, like, we always have each other, and I hate saying that because I hate when other people say that about us, because I'm like, well, that doesn't mean I can't have other friends, but at the same time, it's the just older so I get, easier. the more aware I am that, like, that is the case, and it does make, not, like, it doesn't make, here's what I'm trying to say, <laughs> me and Sierra don't have to actively, constantly search for friends, because we do always have each other, and so, the need to have friends is not always present, like, like I, whether or not that's a good or a bad thing, I guess, like, it's a little bit of both, but whereas other people who don't have a twin or, like, a close sibling, they can, like, sit by themselves and be like, I don't have anyone with me right now, Mm -hmm. and, like, I want to have friends with me, like, right now. And I even go in spurts like that, too, where I'm like, okay, yeah, I have Sierra, like, that's great, we are best friends, and, like, I don't, like, I couldn't find another friend for please Sierra, she's my best friend, (laughs) Um, but, like, there are still times where I'm like, you know, it'd be nice having more friends, Yeah, (laughs) having a group of friends. But also at the same time, I am very, like, I get so comfortable being at home or just, like, mm-hmm. doing my own I'm thing. I'm like I don't even, there's so many times where I'm not even thinking about, hmm, I could be doing things to potentially, like, go meet new people right now. Or, and then I only, I only think about how I don't have friends at, like, random times. And I'm like, well, how do I solve that, like, right now? And, and it's I like, can't. well, I'm sitting at Jimmy John's right now, so I can't really do that. <laughs> so what's the, the original question was, Getting they're moving back. across the state. They need help trying to become more outgoing once they move. I think that what you need to hold, like, in your head as you move and you're, like, going through this scenario of trying to make new friends is that no one knows who you are, who you are, that was weird, sorry, who you are or how introverted you were before this. I have to Because I wish that that I could convince myself, like, given, like, even coming to college, I was, I wish I could say, like, oh, no one knows that I'm introverted or, like, not very outgoing. I could literally be, like, however outgoing I want, and no one would care or, like, know any different. I'm, I, I didn't say that. Yeah, it's like, you're not even taking your own advice. Or, like, we... That's what I'm saying. I wish I would have done Moved that. schools, and this was in, like, not high school, though. This was, like, when we moved for fifth grade, and then, one like, fifth grade didn't go great. We didn't make any new friends in fifth grade, which, honestly, I hated, like, in fifth grade. <laughs> this is, like, if our mom and Haley, like, our older sister listen, um, I remember... I don't know if we've ever told them this maybe we have but I remember you literally wanted to move schools well no that's not even what I'm talking about fifth grade was a rough year for me I didn't like it and anyways so we moved I had a locker a locker buddy or something in fifth grade and her name was Amy and then (laughs) so our mom and older sister picked us up at the end of the day it was literally first day of school we're so shy we didn't make any new friends like surprise but we get in this we get in the car and then our mom and Haley, like, they obviously know we're super shy, and they were, like, coping, like, oh my we made friends or something, and then, because I was so just, like, sick of, like, I didn't want to say, like, no, I didn't make any new friends. You just, like, threw out so your I was, like, partner. I threw out my, the name of my locker partner, and her name was Amy, so I was, like, Amy, I made, I made a new friend, and her name is Amy. I couldn't even say that. <laughs> um, I didn't even talk to her. <laughs> probably didn't talk to her. I mean, she was fine. We were acquaintances, kind of, like, growing up, but not, not really, but... Then, we did end up making one, I guess, decent friend, and her name was Annie. So, what I did was, 
when we started talking about actually like having a friend named Annie, they were like, I thought that you mentioned like someone named Amy. And then I was like, I said Annie. Oh it's been God. Annie this whole time. <laughs> Did you not know that? I feel like I remember it now that you say that, but like but I haven't <laughs> thought about it in a very I was long like, time. No, I said Annie and it's been Annie this whole time, even though. But yeah, and then we went to middle school and then middle school. We I did think this is getting off of Mod us and you know what? situation. We've got a long podcast to go, so I think it's okay. Okay. So middle school, um, we did actually develop like a, two close friends. We had like a group at that yeah. time. Like two closer friends and then kind of like some friends that they were friends with that I would like then be acquaintances with. And I think it's just, I'm trying to think of like what I want to say this because like we didn't also maintain that friendship. Like I would say we're still acquaintances with them at this point, but it's like in high school we weren't really like best friends with them. Mm -hmm. And I don't really know why that is, but I think it's, I mean, people naturally grow apart like as you get older too. You know, it's weird in high school. Whether this is surprising or not, me and Sierra did not have a friend group in high school, and we, like, didn't really have, like, honestly, like, any friends in high school. <laughs> so, I'm just trying to think of, like, I'm trying to take, like, my own advice of, like, what, and the thing is that I didn't necessarily feel bad about that. Like, maybe in high school, I was like, I feel like by the time I got to senior year, I was like, I would no, maybe try, but, senior like, senior year, I was like, why? I'm because out I'm out of here. Yeah. So, it was honestly, like, three years of high school where I could have tried and then senior year, like, me and Sierra, and especially, we were friends like, with Lexi, like, freshman, okay, sophomore yeah, year. Okay, yeah, true. I, she was our close friend in high school, probably, like, our closest friend in high school. And we did share with her. And so, I mean, that's a good thing. Like, she could get involved. There we go. Jogging some memories. Get involved <laughs> when you move schools um, with whatever you're interested in. And then Honestly, going to meet people that you get along with. Hopefully. I think setting small goals is what's going to help you out. So, like, every class you go to, like, if you can choose where you sit... Or even if you can, like, whoever's sitting by you that you'd want to talk to, like, just say, I have to, like, say something to this person, like, by the end of class today. Or, like, introduce myself. Anything. Because after the first day, you're just like, oh, I should have done this yesterday. Like, I should have done this on the first day and, like, introduce myself and now it's the second day. And, like, the longer you wait, then you're just like, I'm not going to introduce myself at this point. Um, again, I wish I could take my own advice, but I'm just going to give it to you because you're asking. So, start fresh. No one knows you. No one knows your personality. You can literally, like, change yourself if you wanted to, but probably don't. I agree with what you said, because the longer you wait, the harder even doing that becomes. But I also think, knowing what I would actually do, I think that the best advice I would have for myself and, like, what I'd know I'd most likely be able to actually do is, like, getting involved in smaller groups or sports. Because when you're in, like, a smaller group and you're with them all the time, you are bound to get to know those people, whether you're shy or not. And so being in cheer, it's like I wasn't the most extroverted or outgoing people in like any of our cheer teams. I was like, what is that word that I'm looking for? Um, But you still get to know those people and it becomes way easier once you're like, oh, I'm acquaintances with them now. Or like now I'm okay with talking to them more often and then Mm -hmm. I get to know them better and then you become friends with them. Um, That's something that's more reasonable and doable for me because I hate doing what Sarah said and going up. Same. I hate that conversation. I never did. So... That would be the best advice that I would have for moving. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's so simple to, like, say put yourself out there, like, as opposed to actually doing it, but that's what you have to do. And I think that, because in my opinion, the most, like, the reason that I'm so introverted is because I feel like I either have nothing to say, or if I say something, like, it's going to sound dumb or something. It doesn't. You're going to say something, and it's going to be just fine. You know what else I realized is, like, kind of a fear of mine of, like, not really having, like, a friend group to build off of and saying, okay, I just, like, 
need to make new friends now. Mm-hmm. I get scared of introducing myself to people that I like think would be okay friends. And then I'm like, wait, I actually like don't really want to be friends with these yeah. people. And then it's like you have to kind of ditch them even though you're the one that initiated that. And I hate that as well. Yeah. And like that's not even really a valid fear because at the same time, like if nothing happens, then nothing happens and I still don't have friends versus like once you get to that point, first of all, nothing bad might even happen. You may actually still like those friends. But otherwise, it's just like another acquaintance that you have. Thing that you have to deal with. And yeah, you maybe develop an acquaintance out of them and just like decrease your like best friendness between them but I feel like especially with like moving like moving to new places like you don't know if you're like this is who I want to be friends with but like this is who I'm closest with now or like I see one good option and I'm like let me go be friends with that person that's what I right here I have something to add on to that so with the whole like freshman year when I was starting for college you have like this whole week before classes start where like there's so many activities for the freshmen to do and that's the time where people will, like, literally latch on to absolutely, like, anyone that they see. Um, which is, like, overall really good. Like, I'm sure a lot of people meet friends that Guess way. you did not do that. But, like, my mindset is, like, I'm literally just sitting by you and, like, that is what's going to make us, like, friends. Like, I don't know. I'm probably, like, a little shallow in the sense that, like, by people's looks, I'm, like... I can tell I can if I would tell with someone, yeah. I feel like. And, like, not even just based off of, like, physically, like, how they look, but, like, how they dress, how they act, that kind yeah. of thing, too, to, like... I used that to see if I think that we'd be good friends. And I was like, I mean, the fact that you, like, sat down next to me does not indicate that we'd be good friends. But at the same time, that's probably how people at least grow and begin to, like, mm-hmm. meet new people. And so that's probably yeah. still a better thing. I'm just saying that I think I overthink too much and more than yeah. I should. And to a point where I think it's helping me, but it's probably actually hurting me. And mm-hmm. I need to just do some of, like, the basic, oh, I'm going to be fr- your friend because we're both new here and I'm going to... Just start with yeah. you and see what happens. Like, if if anything, you just try with everyone, and then, like, after, like, the 20 people you've tried to become friends with, like, you find two people. Mm-hmm. So, that would be our best advice for that. I actually think that's, like, decent advice. We go join a sports team or a club or something, and then definitely introduce yourself as early as possible, because otherwise it would be awkward not to. And then also, even if you think, oh, I'm not going to be want like, I'm not going to want to be friends with this person, I don't see it happening, at least try and make acquaintances, friends, Worst comes to worst, they can introduce you to other people. So that is something, like, I should definitely do that. Yeah. I'm, like, giving myself my own advice, and I'm like, oh, good idea. Good idea. Keep that in mind for the future. All right, so the next thing is going to be a bit of a heavier topic, but I also want to preface that by saying me and Sierra are not professionals in any way, shape, or form, and we are going to give you our opinions, but also seek professional help if you need it. Um, I guess I need to pull my phone out so I can actually read it word for word. Okay, so the thing is, I've struggled with an eating disorder since I was young, and I've always been scared to include fitness in my life again. Any tips to starting with little physical activity? So, first of all, in my opinion, just to like kind of get where like we're on the same page, it sounds to me like this person has had an eating disorder, but they seem like they've overcome it a little bit, and now they're trying to also include fitness again, but they don't want to kind of relapse, relapse and be in a bad place again. So that's kind of what I'm going to be giving my advice on. Um, definitely, if you're noticing just, like, changes where, like, you're starting to feel down on yourself again or you think that you're developing bad habits towards exercise again, that's when you should go find medical help or just, like, seek professional help so that they can help you with a more educated thing than what we're about to say. Um, I feel like the healthiest way to start introducing physical activity into your life again is going to be by doing it outside of the gym. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say... Like, start by taking walks with family, going on, like, a walk with your dog, or if you have siblings, 
Um, I would say to try and stay outside of like that gym environment to start because I feel like there's a lot of pressure in that atmosphere and also like a lot of comparison to other people that could be happening. Um, So I think that, and like also when you're in the gym, you're like, you know, exercise, exercise, exercise. Whereas if you're walking outside, that's not all you're thinking about. Yeah. I was also going to say, I think being in the gym is probably, probably, sorry, I just said probably twice, one of the most challenging aspects of like just being at the gym. Because let's say I was thinking of, let's say you're doing like a hit workout that you're literally just following on your phone at a gym where you're surrounded by mirrors and other people versus like doing it at home. I feel like you're doing the exact same thing, but even doing it at home would be less of a stressful, less of a stressful environment. You're just focusing on yourself. You don't have mirrors to compare yourself around. You don't have anyone else to compare yourself with. It's just like, I'm here, I'm doing what's on my phone and that's good for me. And so I think that could even be healthy. Um, if you're wanting to make sure you're actually getting workouts in, but you don't want to be surrounded by, um, other people for comparison or mirrors because that's not the focus of working out. Otherwise I would say kind of going off of like exercising outside, but like finding either like sports activities or like games, I guess that you enjoy doing because that way you're getting in your physical activity, but in a way that's purely being done for enjoyment and not like actually working out. So if you want to go play like a pickup basketball game, like go do that. If you want to play tennis, go do that. Megan and I actually uh, played tennis quite a bit a couple of summers ago. And so yeah, like, that's fun. a way to get your physical activity in, but like not think about it as exercise. Or I wish that Iowa was better for this, but I love doing it on vacation. I love going hiking. Mm-hmm. So if you live anywhere that there's, and it doesn't have to be like California hiking. There is still a place in Iowa where we can go hiking. It just isn't like it's as like glamorous. One place. <laughs> um, but like, I still really like hiking as a way to be active. And if you go with a group of friends, I feel like that just starts to make exercise and being active have like more positive connotations than like you don't want to think of exercise as working off extra calories so that you look better or something like that and Mm -hmm. I know that that's what you're worried about with dealing with your eating disorder and starting to include it again so I think doing anything you can to just focus on making it a positive association with friends with feeling good with being active you know having having endorphins so that's probably mostly what I would say is yeah. avoid the gym until you feel comfortable doing that. And maybe if you do start going to a gym, do it with a friend or do it yeah. with someone you know that's going to make you feel comfortable. And also maybe someone that can know if you're starting to feel uncomfortable where they can say, yeah, maybe let's leave and we can try this again some other time. So that's pretty much all the advice we have on that question. We're going to move into our next one now. So this one's not just like a specific one that we're going to be reading. But we did see a lot of people ask about how to stay motivated while studying or study strategies or, like, how to get through finals and that kind of stuff. Um, So I'm glad that you guys feel like you can look to us for study strategies and tips. I'm sure that's from all of the stuff that we post on YouTube that's related to college. And I feel like we say that we're studying every other clip. Because we are. I feel like definitely I'm going to, like, I think we're going to give you good advice. But I also want you guys to know that motivation to study doesn't have to be rooted in like that you are so excited to study because guess what it's is not. anyone really excited to study like no me and Sarah may be studying on our vlogs or whatever we're doing but it's like I am hardly if ever looking forward to studying um I think it's mostly about knowing I mean what helps me probably the most is giving myself like specific tasks that I need to do for studying so if it's like I like to make Quizlets, and that's helpful. Maybe that's something that could help you out as well. A lot of my classes are pretty much, if you know the lecture slides, then you're going to do well on the exams. I know not all classes are like that, but 
I like to make specific Quizlets catered exactly, like exactly to the lecture slides. Like, set up in a way so that it wants you to regurgitate like exactly like what the lecture slides are. You should be able to visualize the lecture slide that that Quizlet is talking about. And Megan and I are lucky. We feel like we can kind of like take a mental picture of some of like our PowerPoints and be like, oh, I know what this slide's talking about. And like that helps when you can visualize stuff to know what you need to know. Uh, but that's just another reason why Quizlets can be really helpful. And it's not like we have a photographic memory. Just after sufficient review, you do start to say, I know exactly what slide this is from. At least that's how we feel. So that's a good point to get to. But at the same time, so motivation for studying is, in my opinion, like you just, I want to give you like more advice than just like, you just have to do it. But um, giving like giving myself super specific instructions for what I'm doing that day, day to day and not pushing it off for the like, last minute day before the exam is what helps me prepare the most and get the most out of my studying because if I am doing something like the day or two before you're just not going to be able to take the time you need to go through the stuff because studying is way less annoying if you have like a manageable a manageable yeah, amount of material to go through and you're not giving yourself a ridiculous amount of stuff to go through so definitely prioritize spacing things out even though like your future self your future self will say well thank you for that rather than like instant gratification of being like I'll just push it off to later it'll all be fine and then you're literally going to hate yourself a couple days before your exam when you have to learn so much more information it's going to be way more stressful and you're going to be like why did I not start doing this earlier yeah for example Megan and I have an online class that we're still in we've talked about this already but the, the next exam is on Friday and there's a lot, there's like 12 different like sections of notes that we need to know for this, like 12 different lessons. A lot of material. And this week we decided, okay, we're going to break it up. So Tuesday or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we split it up into like each day. We do four sections of notes. Um, and then that gives us all of Thursday to review everything. I feel like you always need to account for like one or two full on review days. Never. Yeah like, organize it so that you finish studying the day before. Yeah, because we could have said, like, Monday, let's chill, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we'll, like, split up our notes into three sections and then take the exam Friday, but we purposely didn't do that because I feel like you always need to circle back around to, like, making sure you still know everything and you're not forgetting about stuff, and so we made it so that Thursday we still have that full day where we've covered all of our notes, and that's why that's still not going to be, like, a full-on day of, like, it's not going to feel like we're covering, like... 1 through 12. It's going to feel like, okay, we covered, you know, 1 through 4, 5 through 8, and then, like, 9 through 12. And now we're just kind of, like, picking here, picking there. Like, focus what on... What do we not feel so good about? Stuff that you're not fully sure you feel good about. Um, other than that, like... If I, it's a non-quizletable class, like physics or any other, like, math classes, then, like, practice, practice, practice is, like, the best advice I can give you. And... If you don't have a very good professor, try and find tutorials or, like, lessons on YouTube because, unfortunately, you have to learn it some way it or another. Um, and if you can't just read your book to understand it, you're going to have to have someone else explain it to you. Or you could use actual tutors from your university. Yeah, like, it's easy to blame not being successful in a class on a professor, and trust me, it's not helpful having a bad professor who maybe is super knowledgeable about the subject, but they just cannot teach for in a life. way <laughs> that makes sense at all. But that doesn't mean that you're still not getting an exam in two weeks or something that has all the information you're supposed to know. You have to take initiative and say, 
here's topics we're covering in our class, and you can probably at least figure that out, I would assume, with learning objectives or titles of chapters or something. You have to take that information and go find other resources. Thankfully, I haven't had to do that a lot. A lot of times my lecture slides are pretty much exactly what's on my exam, but for physics or chemistry, you have to know how to physically do new problems with just information that you know. And so for that, you can't just problems, like regurgitate stuff. Practice problems are the only way to go. I did so many practice problems in chemistry. It's ridiculous. All right, next one was inspired by a specific person that sent in a more specific scenario that they were asking for advice. Um, it had to deal with having separated parents, which me and Sierra do have separated parents. Our parents were divorced when we were like two years old. So we grew up with it. It wasn't something that happened when we were old enough to know what was going on. So, but there was a couple different people that had questions just about dealing with separated parents and maybe even like them starting to date again. I don't know if we're going to give super specific advice on this just because um, I'd be lying. Yeah, and we'd be lying if it was like saying, oh, this is a super easy thing to overcome. It's, I don't even know what I just said, but it's like, it's a challenging topic. Um, Dealing with divorced parents and having separated parents is complex. It's not easy, but... I would say my best advice would be, first of all, I don't know how old you guys are when you're listening to this. I think we had a couple younger people reach out to us asking for advice and just know that if you're younger, the older you get, I would say almost the better it gets. You become When you're younger and you're living with your parents, their relationship or their new relationships is directly impacting you. And when you get older, I feel like you start to develop separation. You become more independent. Maybe you're going off to college and you start to realize that's no longer like if it was something that was bothering me, maybe it's not it doesn't have to be a part of your life anymore. If you do have a good relationship with your parents and maybe whoever they're dating, that's great. But like this is advice. So it's specifically for people who are like struggling with their parents dating now. Just know that you have to be aware that your parents are doing something that is making them happy. And honestly, the conflict you're feeling with a new boyfriend or new girlfriend for your parents is mostly because it's just different for you and it's not something you want to accept right away and it maybe isn't even directly associated with that person and who they are so it takes time you don't have to open them like welcome with welcome them with open arms but try to be accepting and understanding understanding of your parents feelings because even though you're their child you're very important to them I promise you still are but they're also trying to move on with their life I mean, because then I start thinking about would I want to be single if I were to eventually yeah. get divorced? So you're just going to jump in right here? Well, I, sorry, I haven't said anything. Um, but I was, was going to say that when I was younger and, like, my parents were starting to date because neither of them had dated, to, like, my knowledge, for, like, the first couple years after the, after the divorce. I feel like by the time I was maybe, like, eight years old is when they both started dating again. So there was, like, six years where, honestly, they both just seemed, like, fairly single parents to us. Mm-hmm. And, like... I feel like when you're younger, you're just like, oh, I'm fine with how things are. Like, I think things are going pretty well. And, like, you don't think about how your parents are, like, they're like, you know, it's great having three kids, but I also like to have another adult in the house. Um, and like Megan said, thinking about if I were an adult and, like, if I were divorced, I wouldn't want to say, all right, the rest of my life I'm going to be single. Like, I think it's natural that everyone wants to be with someone in their life. So, so just do your best as a child to be understand and be supportive If you have issues, definitely try and be open and communicate, but also know that your parent is probably not just going to drop their Mm -hmm. new boyfriend or girlfriend because you're unhappy. part of it has to do with how old you are. If you're younger, they're probably not going to take your opinion, like, as much to heart as they would if you're older because 
you're you a know, child. You have different, like, feelings about, like, if you're a child, maybe you're just like, well, I just don't want things to go back the way they were. And if you're older, you might be able to actually see, like, okay, I don't think this person's that great for you. So I think it just depends. And obviously, you want your parents to be happy, so try and be as supportive as you can be. Okay, so on to the next piece of advice. So this person says, my biggest dream is to be an interior designer, but unfortunately it's difficult to find a job afterwards. So should I choose an education or should I choose another education, for example, psychology, which I always have found interesting? P.S. I live in Denmark where the education is free and where I would be able to switch education, but also take a new one down the road if I wanted to. So I would say like my go to instinct is to always like go after what you want to do. Yeah, I know. Like, that's what everyone wants to say, but also I think it's important to consider, is there job stability, is there not? But at the same time... Like, interior design isn't that far-fetched Even if it's job. hard, or even if it's hard to find a job, if you have, like, an entrepreneurial... I hate saying that word, so if I say it a little weird, sorry. But if you have, like, if you're willing to be an entrepreneur, you could start your own interior design company, or you could start, like, an, a consulting company where you give out... I don't know how interior design works. Like, give out your <laughs> interior design... Advice. Advice. Uh, I don't know. I definitely think, especially for this specific example, I don't know if getting a psychology degree would be any more helpful. Yeah, because for us, like, in the U.S., in my opinion, you can't do really anything with a, with a psychology degree unless you get, like, higher education after that, in which case, like, psychology and or interior design like are would probably, be about, like, the same yeah. playing field post-graduation. So, I would say, especially in your case, to pursue interior design, um, that's actually a pretty big thing at least in Iowa or Iowa State like they have a big graphic design program and so that's a graphic design graphic design well it's like they're kind of related <laughs> graphic design interior design the design okay. stuff um I think you could definitely find a job with that so I don't know if it's or if it's something you said like since education is free I don't know if you'd be interested in double majoring in anything that's an option um, if you'd want to do that obviously I know it would kind of like increase your course loads so you might want to not want to do that uh but it's something to consider if you want to still finish in the same amount of time, but, like, have your options open. I definitely think you should always try to pursue something that you're interested That's in, your that you're passionate fire. about. At the same time, I feel like what me and Sierra did is, like, we chose something that we're passionate about and that we really like studying, but at the same time, we did consider job stability and we did consider future careers that like, we want to There's a reason that Megan and I are not pursuing YouTube full-time. Yeah. There's also... That's why we picked what we wanted to pick. Um, I think that you should do that, but also don't go into things blind and say, this is my passion, so that's what I'm pursuing, and not look into any sort of potential jobs after or job stability, because at the very least, you should have knowledge on what your future is going to look like. So I would say, yes, do what you want, but also know you need to have a path for, okay, if this is my end goal, how can I get there? Rather than just saying, I really like music. I'm going to be a music major. Do you have a job that you want to do? Do you know if it's a job that has good stability or not? Do you know if it's a job that's going to grow in the future? Just make sure you're looking at those things because you just need to know what's going on. All right, so the next advice that we're going to give is work-related. So this person says, I work really hard at my job and they take advantage of me. I work 50 plus hours a week sometimes and I'm expected to be available at all times. And I don't make a lot of money, but I'm doing stuff well above my pay grade. I don't want to complain and ruin the relationship, but their expectations are really impacting my life. Should I confront them or stay silent? Let me know if you want more details. Um, sorry, I just like read the last part. We don't need more details. Um, so this is interesting because Maggie and I have never really, like we have worked actual jobs, but that hasn't 
like been since high school. And we only did that for not very many hours a week. Yeah. I would say part of it depends on like if it's a local business or I if got, it's like... I got the impression that she seems to know her employers fairly well because... Like it's like a local kind of business. Yeah. I don't remember what in that that you said, but I read that too and I was kind of like, that's what I got from it. And... First of all, 50 plus hours a week, that's a lot. Especially if you are younger. Like, that's more than a full-time job. Yeah. So I don't know if and you're, I, like, in school or anything, but that's I don't insane. know if there's, like, labor laws or stuff. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to get into that, but I'm kind of like, aren't there, ch- like, labor laws? I don't know how old you are. Maybe you are, maybe child labor laws don't apply in this situation. <laughs> but we've had, like, older people and younger people DMing us, so I don't remember specifically how old you are. Anyways, and you also didn't say. So I would say definitely... If, if the relationship you have with your employers is important to you, then definitely how you go about this is going to be important. But I would say you should address the I situation. I think you should stick up for yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's likely, in my opinion, that you had like a set, this is how many hours you will work every week once you got the job. And I don't think that you should be expected to go above and beyond like what they asked for those hours. Part of me is wondering if maybe, like, maybe you're, you're a really nice. nice person, you're being too nice, they ask for one thing, maybe not even like trying to overload you, but they're just like trying to get help where they can. And then you and say yes, and they're like, oh, sweet, we can count on you. And like they ask you, and every time they need help, and you keep giving them the answer they want. Again, we don't know if that's what's going on, but just potentially what's going on. I think every once in a while, say like, no, I actually can't take up this extra shift. Whether or not you do have an actual reason, like if it's above what you're expected to do, I don't think you owe them that yeah or she was saying that it was kind of like taking a toll on her personal life definitely don't if you have already scheduled social events or activities or priorities or something don't feel the need to I can't imagine this job would be something where if you don't say no especially if you're saying you're not getting paid a lot or things are being done above your pay grade don't like feel you have to give in and say okay yeah I'll come in and work this time say Mm -hmm. no I have something I'm already doing maybe ask me in the future and I might not have something going on because I definitely think it seems like you're a hard worker. You like to make sure you're available and also like dependable. So just if it doesn't work out, don't make yourself work. And also if it does work out and you still feel willing to go to work and work extra hours, then you can't do that. I was going to say, obviously try and like make things work in the first place. But if it comes to the point where you feel like you need to leave the company, you can always respectfully give your two weeks notice. And if you do it in a respectful manner, they can't really like hold that against you. People leave jobs all of the time. And I don't think that would ruin your relationship with them if they have like the past experience of you being a hard worker, working however much you did. They shouldn't like that shouldn't affect if you need to like reach back out to them in like the future to get like a letter of recommendation or something. Um, because you do have valid reasons, I would say, to quit if you just feel like you are wanting to decrease your hours and that's again something hopefully they would understand it and it wouldn't lead to you having to quit yeah especially if let's say you even start looking into getting a new job and if you pursue getting a new job I feel like that's even more reason why they can they couldn't be mad at you for respectfully putting in your two weeks saying I'm pursuing something else I feel like that's the best possible way Mm -hmm. you could leave you know, leaving a company or quitting a job is probably always going to be, like, a little awkward awkward and rocky, but, like, that is the, like, designated respectful way to do it, so I don't think they should have any problem with you leaving or have any harsh feeling against you if you were to go about doing that. All right, I think this might be the last one that we do for today. If you guys like the advice episodes, then let us know. 
Our Instagram is at according to. Also, make sure that you rate this episode on iTunes because that really helps us out. I know we love seeing you guys reviewing and giving feedback, so definitely don't forget to do that. We still have one more, though. It kind of sounds like we're finishing up the episode. So this one says, how do you deal with peer pressure to do things because you seem to stay out of trouble? So first of all, um, I feel like we've talked about this before. We've kind of talked about peer pressure in a video. Me and Sierra kind of said that we like don't believe in peer pressure. Um, I feel like that's mostly because we're surrounded with each other, which is probably helpful. And I'm trying to be like, okay, yeah, other people don't necessarily like obviously have that. peer pressure does exist because you know we learn about it all the time. And like, I think part of it has to do with your need to be accepted by others and also the types of people that you surround yourself with. Yeah. So we're gonna kind of talk about those two things. So I would say, first of all, that me and C are having each other and always having like that one person, and we're similar to you, so that's what helps if we are different and didn't get along or whatever, then that wouldn't really help out. We wouldn't, like, we would both be seeking out different friends, but the case is, like, me and Sierra are pretty much very similar. We hang out all the time, and so as far as not really having any friends to then, you try going, like, you try and go out and make friends, and then you start saying, these people are, like, kind of not doing stuff that I am interested in doing. I see where things become hard for you to say. I don't want them to, like, Think, I'm, think weird. I'm weird, and especially if you're like in that situation, maybe they're your ride home, and like you don't know when they're leaving, and you're like, uh, I don't know what's going on. So I'm just saying that this could potentially be. There's been a lot of situations that maybe other people find themselves in that I don't, and so I'm trying to keep that as an open mind. But at the same time, I think that your ability to cope with peer pressure has a lot to do with your ability to be confident in yourself and know that whatever you think about anything like peer pressure can be really about anything Mm -hmm. i would say that the way you feel about your actions is far more important than the way any of your so-called quote-unquote friends feel about your actions if you feel like someone's pressuring you to do something that you don't want to do you should probably not be associated with those people anyways and that just tells you tells you that they're probably going to pressure you in the future and you should separate yourself from that group sooner rather than later i would say because i was going to say The scenario that I just kind of talked about, let's say you kind of make new friends or acquaintances, you go hang out with them, and then you're like, I'm not really interested in, like, doing this stuff, but you feel pressured to doing anyways. If you know that most likely when you're done hanging out with them for that night or whatever, you probably aren't going to maybe keep being friends with them, and you're like, they're not really who I thought, and I don't feel comfortable hanging out with them, then why would you care at all what they think about that one decision of you saying no to something if you know in the future you are probably going to try and distance yourself from them? And also, we've talked with our cousin Maggie, like, she's in college, too. I feel like that's where a lot of people are like, oh, like, when you get to college, like, you're going to experience so much peer pressure. And she doesn't have, like, a twin that she's leaning on. Mm-hmm. She has a fairly large group of friends. I feel like they're a pretty, like, diverse group of people. She hang- Like, she has a lot of different acquaintances. And even she was saying that she doesn't fully think peer pressure is, like, that big of a deal and maybe or it's as just prevalent in where we college. go to school. Maybe, like, Iowa is just, you know, nice to see. Everyone's, Everyone's nice. nice. <laughs> um, but we've all agreed that... We feel like we've never seen anyone, like, force someone to do something they don't want to do. Or, like, I feel like drinking is, like, a big thing in college where people are like, I feel like I'm going to get peer pressured into drinking. And, like, I want to say I cannot comprehend someone, like, caring whether or not you're drinking. I have something that I think is a valid point. So, I think it's def- it's important to know there's a difference between being, let's say you go to a college party and there's lots of alcohol there. The presence of alcohol does not equal peer pressure. Mm-hmm. Peer pressure would mean you're assuming that by not drinking, people are going to think poorly of you or think you're weird or whatever. 
That's, that's n- literally never the case. I don't know of anyone that cares if anyone drinks at all. I do know there's like definitely people. That, there might be people that are like, "Oh, you're like, boring," but like, uh, like they don't who really cares? care. They're drunk anyways. Like they'll forget they even said that. Um, or like there might be people that are like, "Oh, well, like have a drink," or like people might offer you a drink because they might just assume and that's you want to drink. Perception, exactly, because if they're comfortable drinking, they might just be like, "Oh, do you want to drink?" Like I'll get you something, or like you can get yourself something. That does not equal peer pressure. Like, their perception is, like, drinking is fine, and you might say, like, oh, well, I don't want to drink, but they're not aware you of your inner perception. The, you can even hold a beer or, yeah, like, a cup or something and just not drink it. No one would even know you're not drinking it. And, like, that could just be something you do to, like, feel like you're fitting in, but, like, not have to give in to peer pressure. So, that's kind of how I see it as, like, okay, college parties are a thing. Going to a college party doesn't equal having to do things you don't want to do, so... Definitely don't equate those two together. I think that you need to be comfortable in whatever it is that you your values are, what your morals are. Um, don't be afraid to try new things. Like, if you maybe have, like, a bad connotation with drinking, I don't personally drink. You guys know that. But if you feel like you can drink responsibly and it's, like, you want to let loose a little bit, that's why people drink, and you do so responsibly, like, I don't know. This gets into, like, murky waters. I'm not trying to, like... Say for anything. Yeah. It's like, just kind of like the topic of like it's college, it's what happens. You know, we're yeah. not trying to hide that fact. Yeah. So, just take that with a grain of salt. Peer pressure, like you can try new things without it being peer pressure. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's important to realize, even if it's like a little uncomfortable at first. Like ultimately, you need to decide. Okay, is it my final choice? Like someone might have said, like, oh, do you want to do this? And you're like, no. But then you think about it, and you're like, wait, maybe. Like, let's try it out. And, like, it does not make it a bad thing. Like, it's a fine line because there's... Some peer pressure can be good. Yeah. You know? If someone's, like, pushing out of your comfort zone in a good way and saying, like, go do this, that's a good thing. So I think just being aware of, like, if it's good or bad, if there's no, like, consequences, then, like, go for it. If there are consequences, you need to, like, weigh the pros and cons and, like, make your decision from there. At the end of the day, no one honestly cares what you're doing except for yourself. So just think about... What values you have? What do you want to do? And I would just stick with that. Be like the strongest person you can for yourself because that's all you got. Not one cares. Like even if they might do a little like, oh, try this out or oh, like we're at a party. Like why don't you want to drink? They honestly don't care. I promise. Like the next morning they'll wake up and they will literally not care what you did or didn't do. So that is our last thing that we're going to do for today's episode. I think we had some good variety Mm -hmm. of like serious lighthearted but also like i feel like we kind of gave good advice kind of feel like i should take my own advice for some mm-hmm, of these same. um if you guys enjoy this episode again please rate the podcast also since you can't really like leave comments on podcasts uh please go to our instagram it's at according to and comment on the post that is probably saying this episode came out and let us know what you thought you can and always if you have any other advice that you want to share then go ahead and share that in the comments. Yeah, we can also, or we always respond to DMs on that. Like, we respond to most of them. And just so you know, like, that that actually is me and Sierra. So if you ever want to reach out, talk about the podcast, we pretty much are always looking through comments and DMs on that account. It's at according to, so go check that out on Instagram. Otherwise, we'll see you guys next we'll Thursday. talk to you talk guys. Talk to you guys. I gotta stop saying that. We'll talk to you guys next Thursday in our next episode. Bye! Bye.